I, I didn't want to come here and just coach. I want to join the organization. So to me, this is uh, this is all about joining the organization, and I I really like. Uh, I, I really like short-term contracts for older guys because I think it keeps us on edge and we don't get comfortable with just thinking our experience is all that matters. And I, I'm comfortable with that, but I wanted to come and join the organization. So I don't want to just be a coach. I wanted to be, this, this, is, this is my uh, last stop and uh, I wanted it to be here and I pass that information on to them. Today is Thursday, April 13th, and the Dallas Stars have a new coach. Well, sort of new coach. Obviously, Kent Hitchcock has past history with this franchise and coached the Stars to the Stanley Cup in 1999 and was a uh, already quite a staple in the history of this franchise. But today, a new era of Kent Hitchcock hockey opened with the Stars, and uh, he was introduced as the new head coach of the Stars, filling the vacancy left by Lindy Ruff, and... Uh, He'll, uh, he'll start next season, obviously. Um, as you're noticing, it's just me today. Uh, no Ryan Skoviak, uh, just a one-person podcast since he has other uh, work responsibilities to attend to this afternoon. And uh, the press conference kind of crammed the schedule and we weren't able to do this earlier in the day. The hitch hire is one that we kind of expected. It was one that, uh, especially after Jim Nill on Monday held a press conference uh, basically saying that they were looking to hire a veteran head coach. He was looking for structure and he was looking for um, and he was looking for someone who could kind of bring that to the team and Hitchcock kind of uh, checked all the boxes on there. He is also a coach who is very familiar with the Stars team, not just from a nostalgia standpoint and his past history with the team, but with the Blues, he who uh, the Blues we coached the past uh, six seasons now. Before this, he played the Stars into the uh, at this time last year. The Stars and Blues were both getting ready for the Western Conference playoffs, and the Stars and Blues eventually went to Game Seven in the second round. And Hitchcock, as he pointed out in his uh, opening press conference, he played the Blues fourteen. The Blues and Stars played fourteen times last year between regular season, preseason, and and, and playoffs. Played five times this year, and. Uh, so he's familiar with this franchise, and uh, he discussed that a little bit. I coached all five games against him this year. I coached all the exhibition games against him. So between uh, between last year's season and this one, it was over 20 games. That's what I'm going on, and those are the those are the 20 games. Now, when I when Jim started to talk to me a few days ago, I went back and looked at some of our our season games, and in particular the first three league games we played against them. I went back and looked at those, and and uh, they played us hard. They were better than us in the, in two of the games for sure, and we still won them. And so I, you know, what I thought at the end of last year, I still feel. I still feel like, you know, they 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 have a they have a style of playing which I I admire and I like. So that probably sounds like good news to Stars fans. It doesn't seem like Hitchcock is going to change the way the Stars play uh, that much. Obviously, they need to be much better defensively, but he said in the press conference, and much of this audio is from kind of a individual scrum, um, but he said in the press conference that uh, 
he likes how they played. He wants them to keep that that uh, same mentality and that same viewpoint that kind of defined this team uh, last, not this past season, but the one before that when the Stars are the best record in the Western Conference. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting how that works with Hitchcock, but uh, you're kind of encouraged that he's telling the truth on this because of the reason he took this job. Um, when he was fired on February 1st, Hitchcock still planned on retiring after this season. For a quick backstory, he was supposed to uh, retire at the end of the season. The Blues had only signed him to a one-year contract, and Mike Yo, who was now the coach of the Blues, was hired as was the associate head coach and was the official coach in waiting. And with uh, and so Hitch planned on finishing this season and riding off into the sunset. Well, plans changed after that happened, and. Uh, Basically, what happened was he was fired on February 1st. For about a month, he got calls from people saying they made the wrong decision, that's bad on management, they shouldn't have let you go, things along those lines, people asking their condolences about his job. And then he started getting uh, more calls from younger coaches. And we don't know exactly which coaches called him directly because he wouldn't share that because he wanted to keep that private, but... A group of anywhere from 15 to 20 coaches called him, and all of a sudden he turned into a de facto consultant. He was helping people and talking and talking hockey with people, and that really got him going. That really got Hitchcock into, I, I may want to coach again. And after he, and, and, and part of this process, he'd been talking to people, he was helping co- college coaches, junior coaches, even some NHL coaches, um, he also ended up attending this symposium um, in, in New York City that he talked quite a bit about. And during this press conference, he used the word millennials quite a bit and 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 working and dealing with millennials. And you got to remember, many of the Stars players are of that age. They fit into that, that generation, that, that gap right there, which I guess is officially people born from 1990 on, I think. Someone can correct me on that. Um, this is why I need Ryan on the podcast, because I need someone to tell me what a millennial is. But um, the... He went to this symposium that was about teaching millennials, and he took some things away from that, and he saw ways he could use that to kind of work and, and, and work with this team. And um, it was, it was, it's interesting because when he first took this job, I was kind of curious of what was the reasoning behind it. Why was he going from wanting to retire to becoming a coming back to head, being a head coach in the NHL? And he kind of explained it pretty well, and... Uh, it's actually a pretty good reason. So here, let's take a look. I had a lot of guys. I had a lot of guys. I, I, you know, when you're in this business as long as you've been, I've been in it, I got a lot of guys that played for me that are coaching. I got a lot of guys that uh, I coached with that are coaching in other places. So I had a lot of guys that were calling. And it, instead of me helping them, they ended up helping me. And it, you know, it, it, it got me really fired up. You know, I, I, I did it as a favor the first uh, week. And then I really got jacked up doing it. I, I really enjoyed it. And and then, you know, the conversations, uh, they were varying. Like there were some couple of college guys that were in a little bit of trouble and they wanted some help. And, and then I started, I got excited to look at it again. And then uh, to me, when, when I went to the... To the symposium in New York, that that was uh, that was a topper for me, you know, new ideas and stuff. But that, that symposium in New York was that something that you had added to your schedule? That was before? something. No, I, I, that was something that I gassed, and that's the reason I was getting out, is because I couldn't do that. I didn't have the energy to do it in the summer, and this guy, the the fellow that runs it, said, "Hitch, you got to come in. This, the, you're going to find these really interesting." And boy, he was right. He, they were really interesting, and. 
And then, you know, it's like anything else. The new ideas are the fuel for coaches. And when these new ideas came in, I said, man, I, I want a chance to try these because they, they're with the same age bracket that I'm working with, and they make a lot of sense. So it seemed like a really good idea, and so I'm going to let some of them loose. And Hitchcock admitted he's still going to be the old grinding guy who's going to push buttons and make guys better. Um, but uh, one of the keys to making his style work and what's going to be a real big thing for the Stars is whether they can find that medium and if they can find the leadership group on that team to buy in and accept his style because, frankly, if they don't buy in, this could be a disaster hire. The Stars need their veteran group. They need the leader guys to buy in and accept that this is the way it can work. This is the way the Stars can push things. If the group that, for example, the group that attended the press conference today, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Jason Spezza, and Dan Hamuse, if that group like that, if they can buy in and they can make... Uh, as, a, as a leadership group, get everyone else to buy in. That's something that goes a long way. Um, and I think a lot of this fall, falls on Jamie Benn as the captain. Can the captain step up and make Hitchcock system, whether Hitchcock system, which is going to be slightly different now, it's going to be a combination of his old school style with some of the things he's recently learned, as he said, but can the captain Jamie Benn make this work? Can he lead a group that will buy into this? And uh, Hitchcock's hopeful of that. And uh, he also talked about what Ben can kind of bring to this team as a whole. And uh, it's something where Jamie Ben also had good things to say about Hitchcock. And uh, it could could work well. It it might not. But uh, either way, Hitch is excited about the possibility of having Ben lead this team. And uh, he's obviously putting a lot of faith in him to kind of make this work and uh, make this a happy relationship between the team and the uh, coach. Well, it's interesting because I, Benner always started at the back of the bus and ended up at the front of the bus. And then when anybody was struggling or emotionally overwhelmed, we just played him with Benner. And uh, so I've seen Jamie perform when everything's at stake and, and everybody else is, is barely able to breathe. He just plays. Um, and I've had a great partnership with every captain, and I just felt like we we hung together. Uh, you're in close quarters in the Olympics. You're with the players every day, 24 hours a day, and we just hit it off. You know, we we really hit it off. I was in the locker room. My my office was four feet from where he was sitting. I mean, that's how crowded it was, and and uh, we just hit it off. And I just knew that. Um, he's a guy I could trust and and believe in and and get everybody to follow. And he's got a lot of uh, sincerity in his personality, and he's got a lot of sincerity in his game, and he's got game to back it up. You're an old salesman. How important is the captain to get the buy? It, it's everything. If you don't have it, it's it, you got chaos. And uh, we had a long talk yesterday. Uh, I've talked to. I've got one more player left to talk to from the whole leadership group. It, all that work's done already, so we're, after I finish talking to one guy today, we're in place and ready to go. Um, but the talk yesterday was uh, probably a little uncomfortable for both of us, uh, but we weren't, we weren't glossing over things. We had to dig deep so we could fix what needed to get fixed, 
and uh, I felt very comfortable after we met yesterday that we were we, we can get this fixed uh, and, and get this thing turned the other way. And that's the uh, the key for the stars here. Everything that they've talked about has been getting to back what happened two years ago. Obviously, not the playoff exit in the second round, but the success the team had two years ago that when uh, they had the best record in the Western Conference. They scored lots of goals. They uh, they were a dangerous team to play every night, and that's something that uh, that could be that they could get back to quickly if they all buy into this system, and that's kind of the hope around here. Jim Nill said it's not a rebuild. It's a quick refresh. Jamie Benn has said the same thing. The other players have all said the same thing, and it's uh, it's something that it, it could work. We, we, don't, we don't know for a fact, but it, it could work out well, and it could be a quick rebuild. There's obviously the parts are there for it. Uh, quick side note, obviously, um, uh, Hitch was talking about his time with Ben on the Olympic team. That's how kind of the back history there, how he had coached him before. If, if you were wondering in that last piece of audio, um, Jamie Ben, we talked to Jamie Ben. He seems like he's on board, um, and, th- and that's good. Probably one of the biggest questions is what can Hitchcock do for Tyler Sagan, and what can can Tyler Sagan buy in? Because Tyler Sagan's a player who has uh, a lot of people have compared him to Mike Madano and how Mike Madano early in his career was a goal scorer. And then when Hitch came in, he became a two-way player. And when Madano was a two-way player, the Stars won a Stanley Cup. So can Sagan follow that path? Can he be copy what Madano did and become a two-way player? Can he play big moments? Um, I know a lot of Stars fans are going to like this. Hitch said he wants Sagan to be number one center. So no more Cody Eakin as the top-line center. Um that, on a side note, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with Cody Eakin now, because if Sagan's your top-line center, if Spez is your second-line center, and Fox is your third-line center, all of a sudden you start to wonder, uh, it starts to put the writing on the wall for maybe an off-season move right there, something to think about. Um, but to stick with Sagan, I think the big thing with him is going to be, can he follow Jamie Benn's lead, if J.B. Ben is going to buy into the system, and can Sagan also buy in? Can Sagan commit to being a defensive player? Because Sagan obviously is a player who likes to score points. He's a guy who leans offensively. So can he accept a role where he's going to play on the penalty kill, where he can be a little less coddled and make plays and, and be willing to do so? That's going to be one of the big tests for uh, for Hitch with this new job. Yeah, I think it's a very reasonable, but here's, here's the deal. Um... <laughs> I, I've got to work hard in the summer here at getting Tyler to start thinking like a one, and that means that he's got to be out there in critical spaces all the time, Tim, and that means that he's, he's got to kill penalties, he's got to play against the other team's top players, he's got to be out there at the start of games, he's got to be out there at the end of games, he's got to take key face-offs, he's got to do everything to become a one, and that's what a one does. A one... A one... What, Mike Medano gave up points. He gave up the points. He, he stopped focusing on points, and he, he it was all about wins, and then the points ended up being exactly the same. And that's where Tyler and I have to partner up here. Is To me, it's if you're a one, you got to be a winner in every aspect. You, I, we got to win the day with him, and uh, I need him to be back at center on a consistent basis. And I need him to act, think, and behave like a number one. And that means that, you know, he's going to have to set the competitive direction, not the skill direction. There's a big difference. So 
to me, he's a perfect example of uh, his talent and skill level. They get us to the floor, but it's going to be his compete and his character that's going to take us to the ceiling. And he's got to take that responsibility and meet it head on. And when Mo did that, we took off. And and uh, and I think Sags has got the same potential. He's got he's got to take that responsibility on. Sagan did buy Mike Badano's old house, so you know what? There's already enough parallels there between uh, between Madonna and Sagan, so so it could work. Uh, also, on a side note, Mike Madonna will not be part of the assistant coaching staff for uh, um, for Hitchcock. He uh, he pointed that out in the press conference, uh, despite the fact that uh, Madonna tweeted the other day that uh, he'd be available for uh, such a position. Um, on Sagan, he needs to buy in. Um, he needs to be able to play both ends of the ice, and if he's not willing to do that under Hitch, this could not be a very good... Uh, this could be, as I said earlier, you need the player buy-in for this system, and if it's uh, if Sagan doesn't buy in, that could lead to others not buying in, and so a lot is on Sagan to help make this hire work. Um, we asked him about that, and he's... He said he was excited about it. He excited about the possibility of being a number one center and and playing in lots of opportunities. And that's what he said. So let's see if actions can follow words on there. Um, the other thing, a couple other clerical notes on, on the hiring for Hitchcock and things to look forward to. Um, he's going to look for assistant coaches that he referred to as coordinators because he needs them to help. Uh, he needs them to help kind of mesh his system with the current players, and he needs to. Uh, have someone to lean on him and know when he's overbearing too much. He uh, said he's going to start interviewing for people next week. He doesn't know who those people are. However, I have confirmed that Kirk Frazier, uh, Kurt Frazier will uh, will indeed get an interview since uh, Jim Nill said the current assistant coach would get a uh, to inter- get a chance to interview for his job with the new head coach. Um, we don't know exactly how many years, but it's a uh, multi-year it's a multi-year deal. For Hitchcock with a second part of the contract for him to become a consultant once the uh, coaching part of it is complete for him, whether that's two years from now, three years from now. Um, either way, this is Dallas's Hitchcock's final stop. He's going to coach here and then work here and then I, I would assume retire here at some point. Um, the And it's going to be an interesting fit because it's this hire really is going to fall on Jim Nill quite a bit. I know there was a bit of a mandate from the top from Tom Gillardi, and I know that comes down. But once a coach has hired his, once a general manager has hired his second coach, there becomes some pressure to succeed. So, can Jim Nill make a fight, put together a team and system that work with Ken Hitchcock? Can he stand up for Hitchcock? And when if players complain about the system, can he stand up for him and, and back him up there? Those are questions there, and can Jim Nill get him a goalie? Uh, because obviously, uh, when Hitchcock was fired by the Blues, a lot of it had to do with his goaltending. And then we saw that, uh, for example, the game last night, his old team, the Blues, they got s- superb goaltending from Jake Allen and stole the game against Minnesota. Um, a lot of interesting things to go on, and uh, it's it's even obviously even more interesting summer with the expansion draft and how the stars are going to approach that. And uh, I actually asked Jim Nill about that, and he kind of confirmed that Hitch will be involved as he talks about the expansion draft, who he'll protect, what type of players he likes. Um, he's definitely going to be part of the discussion. Um, overall, it's uh, there's a coach now, so we'll see how the rest of the system goes. 
and we're roughly uh, two and a half months now from the uh, two and a half months now from the expansion draft when things really start to start moving and start flying, and uh, it's going to be an interesting off season, and this is one of the first steps for it. Well, it's uh, just me this week, no Ryan, obviously, so. Uh, Hopefully next time there'll be a little bit more back and forth as opposed to me talking, but I appreciate if you made it this far. Everyone, thanks for listening.